Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Crane. I'm Joseph Patrick. This is a podcast series where I get to meet with industry professionals and chat about what's going on in the world of logistics. Please subscribe to Coffee with Crane on your favorite podcast player. And when you do, make sure that you like, share, follow, and comment. It really does help. And if you want to join me on an episode of Coffee with Crane, simply email me at joseph.patrick at craneww.com. Now, in this episode, we have a real treat. We're going to get to meet Crane Worldwide Logistics District Director, Mike Stesko. Welcome to Coffee with Crane, Mike. I'm doing great. Good to be here. Thanks again for joining us. Well, let's get to know you a little bit better. Whenever you are not making excellence a habit, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, Well, I've got uh, four daughters in four different states, Um, so I chase them around a bit. My (laughs) oldest daughter is in Hawaii, and I recently just performed her marriage ceremony. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, My second daughter uh, is in Arizona. We went down to the desert, did some hiking with her not too long ago. Another beautiful state. My third daughter uh, plays soccer at Black Hills State University in Spearfish, South Dakota. So we like to chase her around for a, a couple two-game series uh, uh, once or twice a year. And uh, and we just took my youngest daughter on a trip to uh, Minnesota and Virginia, where she was looking uh, for a university to play softball. And she just uh, verbally committed to play at uh, Southern Virginia University. All right, man. You must be a proud papa. A lot of accomplishments there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just as far as myself, more specifically, uh, I used to be a, uh, an amateur fighter. And oh, really? so uh, I'm a big fan of the sport. Uh, I enjoy reading about the history, being active on various message boards and, and talking and debating about the sport. Impressive. Very impressive, sir. I'm glad to get to know you a little bit more about that. Well, let's uh, get down to business now. Uh, can you share with us a few accomplishments that your region has had this year, maybe over the past couple of years? Yeah, well, uh, in the past uh, two and a half, three years, uh, we went from about uh, $500,000 a month in gross revenue. And we're starting this year, uh, our first two months, we're averaging $4.3 million. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud about that. We've, we've moved from a 30,000 square foot facility. Uh, now we have two, and we are just shy of 200,000 square feet. We've started our own CFS station. Uh, which was something that I had been working for towards a while. So it was very exciting to see that first truck moving. But one of the things I'm really most proud of is is growing and developing our own local talent. We did take in two LDP graduates or leadership development program graduates, uh, Michael Jensen, who came and worked with us for uh, about two years as our operations manager. And then he moved down to help the network in in Charlotte as an operations manager down there. And uh, Mackenzie Baldwin, came to us as a recent LDP graduate. Now she is a systems trainer for corporate. And uh, we've had uh, multiple promotions. Uh, In fact, even two temporary employees who have uh, come in, learned the trade, stepped up, and taken on leadership positions within the branch. Y'all are growing left and right over there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, you got to grow your own talent. Uh, You can't always just find what you need. You got to grow and develop. And you're nurturing those talents and fostering them and helping them to grow. That's Impressive. That's really nice of y'all. How is the current economic climate impacting logistics in your area? You know, everybody's familiar with the the supply chain crisis that's going on, right? That's affecting uh, the movement of of planes, trains, trucks, ships. And it's difficult to get bookings. It's difficult to hold those bookings. Prices are through the roof. 
Um, but being here on the West Coast, and, and the same would be on the East Coast, right, puts us True. in a, a slightly different situation, right? Because a lot of uh, ships are, are coming to the coast and terminating. Uh, and when they used to go directly inland, right, via rail, right. Um, either because the rail is backed up or because customers are choosing to terminate that shipment on the coast, requires us to bring those containers in transload them into a truck so they can deliver to their final destination. And this uh, this actually is one of the reasons why we, we grew. Um, we were getting uh, more opportunity than our small facility could handle. Uh, so we grew into a larger facility and then grew into a second facility so we could take care of our customers and, and you know, other offices within the network. Same to be said um, with the employees, right? Uh, growing and, and developing all this talent has been as part of a need uh, that goes along with all this business. And whenever those shipments terminate there is uh, part of the situation, part of the problem, uh, lack of labor, lack of drivers, things of that nature? Yeah, all of the above. So as you read uh, and watch on the media, uh, a lot of people are, are trying to isolate the problem really to one area, right, or one bottleneck. But there right. really is not one single bottleneck area that is causing, you know, these supply chain issues. Ships come into the to the ports, but the terminals are full. And yep. so if the terminals are full, they, they can't unload. They don't have any place to put those containers. And then those containers get unloaded uh, at the terminal. And sometimes they get buried. It's hard to get to it. And then sometimes it's hard to find a truck uh, to go and, and pull that container. And even if you have a truck and a driver, sometimes it's hard to find a chassis because as all those containers have loaded up on chassis and those chassis have been parked all over our city and cities across America, if there is a container sitting on a chassis and a chassis is parked somewhere, that means there's no chassis to go pick up other containers, right? Brief. And then if you have a truck and you have a, con and you have a chassis, then you need a driver. Uh, and then obviously because of supply and demand issues, uh, all that price is going up. And sometimes uh, people are quick, right? They're still trying to, to get the best price, but in so doing, as you, you call around and you get a better price for, let's say, a, a truck or a driver or um, trying to, to reach a terminal in one way or the other, if that driver can make more money pulling another load, sometimes they'll cancel your load. Yeah. And so it's not always in the best interest to get the best price out there. So, Mike, all of these problems that are going on, how do you start to fix this? Where do you begin? Since it's a matter of, of capacity, uh, some of that capacity we can fix with the relationships that we have with our carriers. Okay. As we develop those relationships with those carriers, as we treat them fairly, we are able to then better service our customers. Another part of it is uh, with our employees, right? There, there are too many things going on and all of our employees are so busy. Uh, now is not really the time to micromanage. Yeah, we have to hire and develop good people and then let them do their jobs and then rely on our systems, right? Our, our systems are very important. Uh, the accuracy that we see in there that both our offices here and our offices overseas can see an accurate depiction of what's going on and then have these great employees do what they do best uh, and best help out and service our customers. And as we both know, the world is changing every single day. Uh, there's embargoes in other countries going on. There's conflicts going on in countries all over the world. Uh, but uh, specifically, have there been any laws that have come into effect that have had any big impacts on logistics? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it starts uh, going back a little bit with the tariff changes, right? As those right. tariffs increased with China, 
uh, a lot of our customers uh, looked for other sources, right, to import their product in order to keep those tariffs down. Um, and then also move from offshoring to what's called nearshoring, right? Meaning uh, import uh, via truck, right, from Mexico and Canada. But uh, I would say Mexico probably more directly competes uh, with China. Uh, and as they've done this, they've looked to us for solutions, right? Uh, as someone, if they're used to, to importing from China, uh, and now they're going to start importing from uh, a manufacturer in Mexico. They need our help. Uh, we've actually, Seattle's recently worked a bit with Laredo on one of our largest customers as, oh, nice. as they've started to actually uh, build new factories uh, down in Mexico to help support uh, their supply. The winners and losers in, in today's market uh, are those that can hire, develop, and retain uh, the best employees. Crane worldwide, right? We strive to be an employer of choice, uh, and that's very important. Employees, uh, they, including myself, right? We all look for, for something more than just a paycheck, right? To know right. that you're part of a winning team, to know that you have a great future ahead of you, to know that you have a boss, right? Because we not only work for companies, but we work for people. That's right. And if, if you work for somebody that you know cares about you, somebody that's going to give you opportunities, uh, and some place where your personal future looks bright, that's a place where you want to stay. And that's what I really strive to do. Absolutely. You said it. You summed it up right there. Now, over the past few years, you've been growing, like I said, leaps and bounds. Any plans to continue expanding? For sure. Um, you know, we want to be able to support our customers the best we can. We want to be able to service them the best we can. We want to be able to execute. And when I say customers, this includes, of course, you know, our customers that work for other companies, but also our internal customers, right? The network. We want to be able to support the network so Crane Worldwide does not only look like the number one freight forwarder in the Seattle district, but we also look like the number one freight forwarder in Shanghai, in London, in Dallas, Texas. And two of the things that we've really been doing is, uh, number one, uh, increasing the amount of space that we have with the, the growth on our warehouse space. But also, number two, uh, since there is a problem with, with uh, getting uh, drivers, chassis, trucks, uh, we opened up our own CFS station so we could fulfill nice. that need as well. Now, what I want you to do right now is gaze into your crystal ball, Mike. Uh, what do you think the future of freight forwarding is going to be? To me, it's very clear. Um, and it's technology based. Okay. You know, Amazon has changed the way that the world looks at at buying and selling, right? We're moving in this direction as a company, right? We have right. solid systems. And I know for a fact that we're working on uh, continued improvement in these areas uh, because our customers, they're going to want to be able to go online uh, to be able to get a quote, to be able to book that freight, to be able to track and trace that freight from a PO level, doesn't matter if you have one container or 10 containers, that right. you can put a single PL, PO and know where it is from origin until delivery, uh, to be able to uh, pull up business intelligence on, on what's coming with it with a few strokes of a keyboard, uh, to be able to receive your invoice and pay your invoice. Uh, and I think this is also in our, in our interest as a supplier, as a freight forwarder, because it helps us to be more efficient. And obviously, efficient is always good for the bottom line. Big time. Gives a, a better interface for our customers. And then those very skilled employees that we have, right? People that understand how to move air freight, how to move ocean freight, how to import, how to clear customs. 
uh, these very hard skills, instead of them spending a lot of time doing raw data entry or trying to move a big stack of files off their desk, um, they're problem solving, they're interacting with our customers, uh, and they're increasing the amount of the level of service. And with the open door that y'all have established over there, they're not afraid to come up with new ideas. Nobody's going to be abraded for that. There's a very open policy of let's have the best idea and run with it. That's right. Yeah, the best ideas need to win. Um, and and all of the employees in the in any district, right, they need to feel very comfortable to be able to walk into an office and to share those ideas uh, because the best ideas are going to make us the best company. And that's also part of, of our employees feeling like they're at an employer of choice, right, that, that their voice is heard. Now, Mike, uh, y'all are growing like crazy. Your people are amazing. What would you say is your region's greatest strength or offerings? Well, I think as a region, um, we spend considerable amount of time trying to build not only the skill set of, of our employees, uh, but also the chemistry. I believe chemistry um, within a district is very important. What we do requires hard skills. Um, you need to know how to move uh, an uh, air freight shipment uh, on an export license that contains hazardous materials. Uh, but that said, um, everybody has a life and our employees, right, they, they have tragedies that they have to overcome. They have dental appointments. They have kids who are playing soccer or, or they're in choir concerts. Uh, they have family obligations. They have they have so much going on in their lives. Um, they need to work with other employees who respect them and who care for them and who got who have their back. And if you have a team of people who have each other's back, you can provide a level of service to our customers that's uncommon, right? Because the ball will rarely, if ever, be dropped. Well, a unified team is better than just one player going at it alone. Absolutely. One superstar is great to have, right? We all want right. that superstar. But when that superstar is gone, then what happens? Exactly. Now, whenever it comes to all this amazing growth, what are some of your concerns coming up in this year? I think uh, employee retention is more important than ever before. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've talked about that at length, I think, in, in the last little bit. Um, but really, uh, making sure that our employees feel like they're appreciated, that they're developing, that they're growing, and that they're in the right place. So when they get that inevitable call from a recruiter, when they get that inevitable call from a friend who works at another freight forwarder, they say, no, thank you. Uh, I am right where I need to be, and I have a very bright future ahead of me. And like you said previously, it's not just about a paycheck. It's about being in an environment that you look forward to coming to every day. Yeah, yeah. Being in a, a in an environment and in a position where you thrive. Exactly. Now, as a district director, what do you think is the most important aspect of your job personally? Well, you know, I think every district director, uh, the bottom line is the bottom line, right? Um, we're paid to make sure that our branches are profitable. Um, and as a district director, uh, not only our, our branch, right, but the entire district, right? We want to make sure that um, we are paying attention to the finances. We want to make sure that we're paying attention to the accounting, that we are paying attention to the HR issues, that we're making sure that employees are being developed. Um, we need to understand how the operation is moving. Uh, we need to be um, 
competent and knowledgeable operators that our employees know that they can come to us and we can help them solve problems. And so it's you, you kind of have to be a, a master of all trades. I'd like to say a, a jack of all trades, but really, um, as district director, uh, the buck stops with you, uh, and and your employees need to know that uh, you're there for them and that you're helping them succeed. A rising tide lifts all ships. That's true. Yeah, a rising tide lifts all boats, and and a falling tide shows the stumps. There you go. Um, <laughs> and we don't and, want to see. Yeah, yeah. And, and so um, you're right, there needs to be uh, a, a balance in what you're doing, right? So uh, if you focus too much on, on the growth, uh, you might lose track of the bottom line. And if you focus too much on accounting, uh, you might lose track of the operation. So, so you really need to be sharp and looking out uh, that all aspects of the district are growing and developing and are on solid footing. What's been the most fun issue you've had to deal with as a district director? Uh, this was actually some time ago, but one of the funnest uh, issues I've ever had was uh, I had a customer come to me and say, I have uh, two bulldozers, uh, two skidders, uh, 15 drill rigs, 240 oh. barrels, and a crew of six men that need to get uh, to Madagascar in three or four days. <laughs> And he asked me if I could do it, uh, and I said yes. Uh, I, I told him straight up that I hadn't had experience doing something like this before, but I would be able to uh, bring a team of people together that could that could get this done. Um, then he asked me to bid on it. He gave me a, a, a formal bid, uh, and I went through it. And what I learned really in that point, which what made it really fun, was, hey, I'm not flying the plane. I'm not loading the plane. I don't need to be an expert on uh, the Antonoff 124, right? Right. What I need to know is, is how to access these people, right? To access my personal network, to access the network within the company. Uh, and what it came down to, it was uh, a very profitable venture, but it we also were able to service the customer. He was very pleased. Um, and, uh, and we had kind of a historic, in fact, even behind me, I have a picture right there of that project, <laughs> cool. Uh, which I keep as a trophy and a reminder that, hey, we all can do anything. And you know, sometimes uh, I always tell people, it's not whether people can or can't, it's whether they will or won't. There you go, I like that. In our I industry, like it's just a matter of making the right phone calls, contacting the right people, and you can typically do what other people think is impossible. That's awesome, I like that. Now, how do you, as a district director, measure success? Uh, I measure success, obviously, financially, right? I, I want to see my branch um, do well for Crane Worldwide as a whole, uh, but also with the employees. Um, I've taken great pride. Uh, I've been doing this for 25 years, mm -hmm. and I've taken great pride in seeing that people that I've worked with uh, and that I've helped their career flourish, continue to flourish, and to be in positions of leadership uh, throughout this company and other companies where I've worked. You've raised a lot of people into into better livelihoods, man. Yeah, and it's a wonderful thing to be a district director because you can have a direct effect uh, for the good on people's lives. That's awesome. That must be very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've done operations in the past. I've been an operations manager. I've done sales. I've been a sales manager. Uh, but I typically 
uh, I, I gravitate towards this job for that, for the influence that I can have on other people to help make their lives better. Mike, you're a powerhouse. Thanks so much for joining us here today and sharing all of this wonderful uh, information with us. Thank you, Joseph. I really appreciate the opportunity. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning into this episode of Coffee with Crane. Again, make sure that you subscribe to Coffee with Crane on your favorite podcast player. And when you do, make sure that you like, share, comment, and follow. And if you want to join me on an episode of Coffee with Crane, simply email me at joseph.patrick at craneww.com. So, until next time, I'll have a hot cup waiting for you right here on the next episode of Coffee with Crane. Goodbye now.